And at some point, if we want some sustainable, larger transformation, more on a neurobiological level, then we would want to be cognizant of moving towards our exiles to help them heal, help them unburden when and if the system's ready. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Turning In Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Megan Jones, here again today with Dr. Amy Crawford, where we are discussing exiles. We're going to go a little bit into where exiles are born from or what their origin is generally and go a little bit further into just an overall explanation. Thank you again so much for tuning into the Turning In Podcast. We are having so much fun and hope that you're enjoying it. As always, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Amy. Welcome back to the Turning In Podcast. Hey, Megan. Um, All right. So today we are going to delve a little bit more into exiles. And I want to sort of just get right in. The last two episodes, we've gone into the topics of our protector category. So our managers and our firefighters and explained a little bit about that. So if you're listening and want to know more about those things, make sure to check out those episodes today with exiles. This is a huge, huge part of the IFS model. And and I kind of want to hand it right over so we can talk a little bit about, you know, what are they? How are they, quote unquote, born? You know, mm-hmm. where yeah. where is it useful to identify them? You know, starting <laughs> with sort of just generally, what what are exiles? So as we learned in the last two episodes, we have this whole system internally. We have protectors, and then we have the parts that they protect, which are exiles. So regardless of the category of protector, whether manager or firefighter, both of their larger overarching jobs is to protect these exiles, right? So with exiles, they are often, not always, often are younger, more wounded, more vulnerable, tender parts. These exiles, you again, there's always exceptions to everything. And so I'm kind of speaking in some generalizations. But our exiles are most commonly manifested out of our life experiences that have caused some altering to our sense of being in the world, whether through safety issues, trauma, relationship, relationship wounds. They're the ones who initially took in that pain or wounding that then carry that in the form of a burden, whether the burden is a physical burden, emotional burden, spiritual burden, a belief. They carry these sort of little baggages Baggages isn't a word, but today we can pretend it is. <laughs> These bags of, you know, energy, really, that then causes the rest of our parts, the protectors, to feel they need to be protected, exiled, put away so that they don't emerge and or feel the pain that 
they either are feeling, most commonly are feeling, and or were burdened with. Yeah, just that feeling that they innately have born out of that original experience or that original pain. Yep. And and I think this is a, a an important thing to just start off on because you just said, you know, exiles are born out of, you know, or get this luggage and this bag these bags baggages. from baggages. <laughs> baggages. That is our vocabulary <laughs> word for today, baggages. They get baggages. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to remember a word that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. <laughs> um, so these relationships, these events, right? And I kind of wanted to start off, to be honest, with you mentioned the big T word, trauma. And I think it's tends to create this big idea in people's minds that it has to be this huge, 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 large event that maybe our exiles come from um, just by way of using that word. So can we define trauma a little bit, knowing that it's going to sort of differ from person to person? I mean, I guess therein lies a little bit of the definition in itself. Yeah. So with the word trauma, I think most of us have parts that get up in our tree just by hearing that word because of our own systems, feelings, and beliefs around what that is or what it should be. You know, many of us have parts that carry that, you know, imaginary yardstick around trauma. Well, mine's not as bad as somebody else's, so mine doesn't count, or mine is so bad and yours isn't. Mm-hmm. All, we have generally all sorts of parts that carry beliefs around what trauma is. So the way I define trauma is any real or perceived threat to our safety. And by safety, that can be emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, or sexual. I think there's different dimensions in which our safety exists. And so with that, within my philosophy, I don't believe in this notion of big T versus little t trauma, which some of our listeners may be familiar with. And if they're not, There are some schools of thought that separate traumas as big, big T, such as being raped, molested, being in combat, seeing, you know, being a first responder and seeing horrible calls versus little T traumas, which are commonly defined as the more subtle acts, such as neglect, some abandonment, relationship, attachment, injury type wounding to me. I believe if there was some form of an event that caused a real or perceived threat to safety and by safety, I also am very, very open with what that means. It's not kind of this societal view of safety where if you're not getting beaten up, you're safe in the world. I exist based on all the clients I get to work with safety comes in all sorts of also nuanced shapes and forms our parts also don't really can't really tell the difference to be honest. Right. So developmentally they're pretty young and they can't tell the differences to the spectrum of safety so much. It's very black or white for them. Either I feel safe or I don't. So to me, I don't philosophically differentiate big T from little T. If our parts are suffering, if they're carrying a wounding, if they have this very vulnerable energy that needs attention, then it's a trauma in my opinion. Yeah. I think to be honest, some of my philosophy may have been 
taken on from hearing you teach for years and years. And that just generally really rings true to me and kind Mm -hmm. of innately always has because it doesn't have to be this separation. And it, it kind of goes back to things that we mentioned in our first episode where it's like really IFS is about creating space and validating and being curious and having compassion. And so it's not always necessary to, you know, differentiate in that way. And it really is to my exiles, you know, I've got exiles who may have had that quote unquote big T event, but at the end of the day, it's just about getting to know them and their experience. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, I don't know, it, I, the word validates just mm-hmm. com- comes online. Like that's, that's kind of the point. <laughs> well, and I think trauma can be really polarizing and comparative. And I don't know that we need any more of that, both internally mm-hmm. and or in the external world in which we live. I think we have enough comparison and polarization that the last thing we need to do is, you know, get really in the weeds about, well, was it a big T trauma or was it a little T trauma? Who cares? Did it hurt? Guess what? Then we're going to, it's welcome here, right? Yeah. Did it hurt? Does it still affect you? How does it still, like, it's really about yeah, getting to know. The reason that I wanted to get into that discussion is that, yeah, I mean, society and generally philosophically in this industry, a lot of people do kind of categorize. And Mm -hmm. so I just want to explain where we come from is it, it matters because it is relevant and that is all. Yeah. And I think trauma can even be weaponized at times. Mm. Um, because it also becomes a pathology in and of its own. And that's the beauty in IFS that, you know, everyone inside is welcome. They all have a story to share. And yeah, when we get curious, that's when really cool transformation happens in healing. Yeah. Okay. So you've sort of explained, so going back to kind of like exiles and the explanation here. So our exiles, as I understand you saying, yeah, they're born out of some kind of event, whether we decide to call it trauma or, you know, they have some kind of general wounding. And you explained that they usually come out of kind of our younger part. So does that necessarily, like, does that mean that we had to have some kind of event or perceived event or trauma or whatever we decide to call it when we were younger? Yeah. So, well, and there's a little bit of this doesn't get talked about a bunch in IFS because most commonly our exiles are younger parts that did experience some form of wounding when we were kids, right? Usually under teenager age. And that's not to say that as adults, we can't also experience wounding in relationship in the world, whether through trauma or just being a human walking the face of the earth, because there's lots of bad things that happen every day to all of us on some spectrum. So most commonly they are younger parts of us. And so are our protectors. Most commonly our protectors Mm -hmm. are also young. They just show up with an older energy because they've been over promoted into these extreme roles. So most of our parts are out are usually pretty young. So if you were to think of this, let's, and I'm just going to use a really basic example. 
you someone was forgotten at dance class, their parents were very late. That could be enough, dependent upon how their system interpreted that event and the meaning they took from it. That could be enough to cause some exile energy or some exile wounding. A part could mm-hmm. take that on with this belief of I'm not important enough to be picked up on on time or whatever it might be. And so let's suppose that happened at eight years old. So if that happened at eight years old, chances are where there's an XL, there's also going to be a protector that is then promoted into an extreme role. Since this person is eight years old, their protectors are also probably going to be around that same age, even though energetically they show up with the burden of over-responsibility to protect that eight-year-old that got forgotten, Mm. right? So most commonly, our parts are pretty young. They get, yeah, like almost frozen frozen in time. So I'll be, I'll have this exile that was born, created, whatever, at eight from not being picked up at dance class. Therefore, I get this firefighter, this Mm -hmm. manager, this protectors that are also, yeah, around that Mm eight-year-old. But I'm now a 31-year-old woman. And when you know, my boss forgets to shake my hand and tell me congratulations over something. Those eight year old protectors therefore come online and I'm, you know, I may be acting with, within some semblance of a 31 year old, but really inside it feels Mm -hmm. like, right. Yeah. Oh, completely. Cause they are frozen and stuck in time. They're generally, our parts are generally until we work with them and help them unburden and free up, which is something we'll talk about further down the line in other episodes, they are generally stuck and functioning back in that same time and place of their origin story. Hmm. And so of course, say we're, you know, talking about this person who got forgotten at dance class, then could they have further wounding throughout their life that feels similar to this one? Yes. And so one of two things can happen Either that exile is just taking on more and more and more, which is then causing the protectors to overcompensate even more and show up more extremely. Or one could also argue that perhaps a new wound emerges, a new tenderness, a new vulnerability, and a different exile is made. So it could kind of go either way, in all honesty. A lot of times what I do see is that it's more of a a culmination and an adding to the earlier exiles because they're getting validated. Parts are getting validated, right? Where they're like, oh, yeah, see, see, here it is again. Well, and I was actually just going to go down that path, I suppose, because we made the point in educating previously that it's not like we just have one exile, one protector, you know, be it firefighter, manager, whatever. It's because we're breaking it down in ages. I'm going to continue on that, even though that's not always, you know, how we categorize or identify. I can have this exile born out of this dance class scenario and then you know when I'm eight and then maybe when I'm 11 something else happens that validates that so I have therefore another new behavior new firefighter that I learned keeps me protected and then at 25 I've got this Mm -hmm. and and so it really does just kind of like layer and layer and add on and add on and by the end of 
not the end of the day, right? Because I'm still living and alive and it's still certainly relevant, but I may have this one exile that feels abandoned, forgotten, not good enough to be picked up. And then I've got 15 layers of mm-hmm. uh, protectors on top of that. Yeah. Yep. And the system just continues trying to balance itself out so that the exile doesn't feel the pain in any overwhelming way that takes out the system. Right. Well, and that brings up a whole other conversation too, right? Where I feel like sometimes it goes one of two ways with IFS. Um, If you're working with you know, a therapist or people or doing your own work and haven't really, really dived in where it goes one of two ways where I have to access that exile immediately and unburden it. So all of this goes away and it's just like this bulldozing and, and, um, just cutting right through, or it's like, oh, well, that's exile energy and we Mm -hmm. can't get too close to it. And it's kind of like either this, I have to, get to it right away and this bulldozing right through the system or this complete avoidance. So, so it really in, in IFS and in practice, and we don't have to fully, fully go into, you know, we'll go into some of the skills and all of that in later episodes, but where do exiles really come into play in the, in the day to day or do well, they come into play in the day to day? So, What I think is important to remember is that also we as clinicians, practitioners, humans, whoever's listening to this, generally speaking, we also all have parts who carry beliefs around exiles in general, right? Not just our own personal exiles, but this notion of exiles. And, you know, I jokingly use the phrase, you know, jackhammer trauma work, where, (laughs) you know, there are some therapist and even the way trauma was taught, you know, even two decades ago was that you hammer away as quick as possible to get down to that wound to help excavate it, clear it out so that it can breathe and get better. IFS is very different than that. Slow is fast. We follow the pace and tempo of the system. Always, always, always working with the protectors first to ensure we get their permission and consent to move towards these vulnerable parts that they've been protecting so loyally. So that's kind of the model of IFS. So there's no jackhammering in IFS whatsoever. And we also don't want to avoid the exiles either. You know, if we have parts that are like, Ooh, that could be painful. Let's Mm -hmm. not go there. Let's just hang out here. Right. That also is a, could be, is fine on some level because the more attention And the more exploration we give to our protectors is always valuable. And at some point, if we want some sustainable, larger transformation, more on a neurobiological level, then we would want to be cognizant of moving towards our exiles to help them heal, help them unburden when and if the system's ready. Now, how exiles come into the day-to-day is they're always there. So as we learned in our last episodes around firefighters and managers, the reasons we're interfacing in the world through managers is because our excels are there, mm-hmm. right? So they're always there. We just most, we're not often communicating to them and or super aware of their presence 
because they are sort of the undercurrent, if you will, of our system. They're the ones that are giving that energy, that vulnerable energy off so that our protectors need to balance our system accordingly, if that makes some sense. Yeah. I mean, they're almost, they're almost the foundation of the system Mm -hmm. itself, really. Yeah. They're the ones that our protectors are vigilantly working on their behalf to keep our system safe. Well, and I've heard you explain this kind of idea of like the upside down triangle or like the top. So it's like, imagine a triangle, flip it right upside down. You've got three different sections. I almost think of like the food, the old food pyramid Mm -hmm. where you've got like these different sections Mm -hmm. and flip that upside down. So you've kind of got like the exiles in which the system is teetering on this very small point. Yeah. And then you've got the firefighters in the middle and then the managers at the top and somewhere over, you know, within the whole system or surrounding it is the concept of self, which again, we'll get into later, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like this triangle, like a top. Yeah. This triangle is um, brought to us by Cease Sykes, who is a phenomenal guru, in my opinion, in the IFS community. And she analogizes it as, yeah, this balancing act that an inverted triangle at the tippy bottom is the exiled. And they're the ones ultimately kind of controlling (laughs) on some level, Mm -hmm. consciously, the energy of both sides of the triangle, the firefighters and the managers, depending upon who's going to, I don't want to say use the word win, and I guess I'm going to say win, who's going to gain more power over the system based on how much energy the exile is putting into our internal world, you know, and if it feels okay, I want to back up a little bit. I think we're, we're really having a really rich dialogue about exiles. And I want to back up and talk a little bit more just about how they show up. I think yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, <laughs> probably due. Yeah. So with exiles, they they seek redemption and healing. And what I mean by seek redemption is they are seeking to right the wrongs, if you will, of what happened to them that caused them to take on their original wounding energy energy vulnerability, if you will. So for instance, people kind of get confused. Like, what do you mean they seek redemption? So let's suppose that there's an XL that carries an energy of not feeling good enough. Those exiles will make it a point to put themselves in relationships, oftentimes similar to ones that caused the wounding to try to right the wrongs of that original pain to so that they can say, see, see, I'm okay. Mm. We can dive into this a lot more deeply at some other point when we do more of a deepening with exiles or about exiles. But our exiles are regularly trying to seek redemption to sort of right the wound, right the burden, if you will, and to seek healing. They just don't know how to heal. And that's where IFS comes in because as practitioners, we do know the steps to help them heal. Our exiles are are also past oriented, right? As you suggest, 
Justin, Megan, they're stuck in the past. They're frozen in time. Whereas our managers, future oriented, firefighters, present oriented, exiles, past oriented. They're very sensitive and they absorb all the energy. So if they are taking in energy that feels wounding or similar to what, you know, the burdens are that they carry, then oftentimes that inverted triangle we just mentioned, that's really when it starts showing up more strongly with protector activity. So with that, and I should slow down, anything you want to chime in on with that, Megan? Well, I guess I I really do believe that to be a vital point to make because it, you know, as we enter therapy or enter this kind of looking inward journey, a lot of the time it's because we're noticing a pattern in our lives. We're noticing that, you know, I keep getting into this relationship. I keep, you know, feeling this specific way. And it's like, all in all, it's potentially because (laughs) your exiles Mm -hmm. are continuing to try to, yeah, redeem that experience in some way. And I, I think that just brings it back to be honest about all of our parts having a positive intention. Like our exiles don't want to feel stuck in that way, but they, they are young. They don't have the skills. They don't have, you know, nor do the protect protectors within the system. So it's like, yeah, are you noticing a pattern in your life, big or small, that continues to, to carry that same mm-hmm. sensitive, wounding, heartbroken, I guess, energy? Yeah. And I think that's also a theme I'm noticing as I zoom out and reflect upon some of our episodes so far is energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to really highlight as we discuss exiles is that it's an energy of vulnerability that they carry and kind of an emotional state that they carry, whether it be shame or sense of worthlessness, you know, many of our exiles feel very isolated, whether it's abandoned, neglected, rejected, a form of isolation in that. So when we think of exiles, I think it's important to remember that it's an, it, it can, it's more of an energy that they show up with an energy that has a vulnerability to it, a tenderness, um, whether it's like an energy of helplessness or an energy of feeling invisible, invisibility that we really want to pay attention to. Um, Because some people who have engaged in an IFS practice for a while, I think can become really rigid and think and believe that our exiles, you know, I have a five-year-old exile. Perhaps you do. And really being open and curious about the vulnerability and the emotional state in which the exiles carry, I think can be freeing and helpful as we begin navigating our internal world. So yeah, so exiles carry kind of a younger, tender, vulnerable, emotional state often. Yeah, that uh, you use the word sensitivity earlier. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this just um, nerve ending almost feeling. Mm-hmm. And it, and we can 
we can talk about this a little bit as far as like the identification. You just went into it a bit, you know, like the identification of the system of I have this five-year-old wound and then all of these protectors that were born out of that. And at the end of the day, I think that that is a super helpful aspect or like thing to do on some level. And at the end of the day, it really just is about recognizing that um, energy and that sensitivity and, and turning in towards your system to, (laughs) to be able to realize what's going on really, you Mm -hmm. know? And so you can therefore go out into the world more effectively after, you know, doing a little bit of that work. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think if we were to talk about this idea of, okay, now that we have these parts, then what the whole objective of IFS in a nutshell is to help our internal system live with more harmony through this idea of self-energy, which again, I know we'll be talking about if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe even in our next episode. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're moving our system towards is how can we live in more harmony internally with this innate inherent leader that we all possess, even if we feel we can't access it with as much regularity as we like through self-energy. And In IFS, we end up working towards that, oftentimes connecting and exploring our protectors, giving them their fair share of appreciation, and then in time moving towards our exiles so that we can assist them in their healing through this process called unburdening. I love that you went that way with the conversation Mm -hmm. because my next kind of point that I wanted to ask you and or bring up really was, all right, so we have this knowledge, you know, of all of these different parts. So am I just stuck? Like, do I just have these exiles and I go throughout my life and now I have this knowledge and I'm just here and my trauma is my trauma and it is it is how it is. You know, I think mm-hmm. we identify as humans with these behaviors and I don't know. I mean, I guess, and that's a whole other episode of personality disorders and, and IFS, but it's like, mm-hmm. we almost get stuck of like, well, this just is my personality and is how I am. And I think the beauty of IFS we've brought up so many times is that it identifying all of these things, getting into self energy, as we'll talk about, like you said, it does. It creates space for a morphing and a transformation. Mm-hmm. So we don't always have to be, you know, carrying those burdens of, yeah. of the exiles or that eight-year-old who wasn't picked mm-hmm. up from dance class and now feels like an absolute, you know, right. failure and abandoned mess, you know? Yeah, there's hope. That's the big mm-hmm. message here is there's hope. I don't think I'd be able to be in the field for as long as I have hearing and witnessing some of the horrific things that clients have had to go through if there wasn't hope. And I so fully wholeheartedly passionately believe in this model and the healing capacity that it offers that there's hope. So things are not just as they are. Parts can change and evolve and unburden and heal. And when they do, they're just parts, right? Because remember we're all born with parts. So then we're just, yeah, we have parts. And we want them there because we need them to be there to partially make us who we are. 
mm-hmm. and it tends to help us, right? Like there, there are situations that I go into in the world and I actually access and call upon my parts to support me almost like my little posse of protection, if you will. And the difference is that I, Amy and self am deliberately calling upon them versus them showing up because they feel they need to protect me. I'm in the lead. Right. So that's a pretty cool, you know, that's a pretty cool thing when that happens. Yeah. They're no longer having to scream and yell and, and run the show. You know, they get to be there because they are aspects of our personality, Mm -hmm. you know, and they are important and, and, we are built out of our life experiences uh-huh. and it, it, yeah, it changes the pace of my life when I in self am driving the bus as you speak, yeah. you know, all the yeah. time versus when, you know, somebody else or another, another part of my system is. And I, yeah, we don't want littles hands on the wheel. Like never do I want all my eight-year-old hands on the wheel driving the bus. That's reckless and unsafe as evidenced by some choices I've made in my life. So, yeah, so we definitely want self driving the bus with as much frequency as possible. Yeah, their their little feet can't always even yeah. reach the pedals. Yeah. Well, Amy, you, you know, our next episode is on self, as you mentioned. Um, I'm really stoked for that. What else right now, as far as exiles go? So to reorient back to the system as a whole, we have, I, I brought up like the onion, you know, the onion analogy we've got. And, uh, and Dick would call it, he doesn't use the onion analogy. He calls it garlic. We have cl- like a garlic clusters uh, yes. of garlic, like a bulb that has garlic cloves inside clustered together. Lots of aluminum analogies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Similar, similar uh, <laughs> plant species, but... Um, well, yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously we keep referencing Dick Richard Swartz. He's like the founder of the model of IFS. And I think, yeah, onions are like a little bit more of an organized, uh-huh. um, yeah, it's like a really, it's like simple, I guess, but really it is kind of like it's garlic, you know, yeah. where we've got these little clusters. Um, but at the end of the day, for sake of explanation, we have kind of the core, which is the exile. And then we have our protector category. We will move into the identity of of self. What else, as far as this concept of exiles go in this episode, do you have to share um, that may be relevant? The same thing I do with every part, love up on them. Mm-hmm. Our parts need that. They want that. I mean, imagine what it would feel like to be exiled for decades. And that's what these little ones have experienced, right? So love up on them. Be aware that they are often the driving force for how our protectors show up and manifest. If we're showing up with more managerial or firefighter activity, what that means is that the exile is real near and something's going on for it. So extend some compassion, even if you're not fully understanding all the inner workings of your system yet love up, love up on all your parts. I think that's my, that's my parting wisdom. Yeah. Validate, get curious, have some compassion for, yeah, what's going on. You know, it's it's like a a slowing down and I, you know, we'll get into that with self and how to do that. But well, and I think too, this is coming in real strong for me. And I, you know, you hear this a lot in the IFS community 
ignore all liability, the parts of us that go, oh, but it's not safe to do this anymore. If legit, you were driving down the street or walking down the street and you saw this little kid sitting on the curb, bawling its face off, crying alone, cold, perhaps, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Would you stop or would you keep driving? Most of us often see that little kid within our own system, not even aware it is what it is. And other parts of us shame it, judge it, criticize it, or mean to it, or we just keep driving. Mm -hmm. And yet, if it were external experience, and we really did see a little kid on the curb, most of us would stop and get curious. Like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Do you need help? And that's the takeaway from IFS is that is the constant state in which we are aspiring towards with our parts, slowing down, getting on their level, getting curious, letting them know we're there. I'm so glad that you brought that visual into play because my mind goes to like, yeah, part of my system wants to say like, God, where, where are your parents? (laughs) Yeah. But in reality, I go, oh, I'm, I'm your parent. Yeah. Yeah. No one's showing up. Guess what? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. So, oh, oh, that just made my little heart. Oh, that just hit me. It's so, it's so, yeah, that tenderness, I think, with our exiles. And then, and I mean, yeah, they're, they're hurting and we've got a whole system there to protect it and ready to go. And again, and some of those potentially unsavory and high consequence ways and patterns. Um, But that's kind of, you know, every, for everybody listening, if you've listened to every episode up to this point, we've, we've got this entire system. And so as we move into the next episode of self, um, start to get, get curious and identify and think of, you know, some things that you might be going through currently in your life and start to, I mean, not rigidly identify, but you can sort of with the education that we've provided, start to, um, explore a little bit. And that's all it is. Yeah. Create awareness, right? You have a thought that's a part. That's awareness. You have a feeling, you have a physical sensation, you have an impulse, all parts. Just get curious. Get and curious. it really can be just that simple. Yep. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I feel like that was, a again, a great simplifying and deepening of this core concept in IFS. I'm excited to move forward into the next episode, like we've teased and mentioned quite a few times here of self. Um, Thank you again for your time coming to the Turning In podcast, our, our wonderful podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.